Hello everyone and welcome back to series four of the Public Eye podcast, a six-part series of podcasts brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, as always, Sarah Travers, and throughout this series, I've been speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So, you know the drill, wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for any new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. It's great to have you with us. Today, I'm joined by Gronya McCoy, founder of Give Us Beauty. Gronya, you are looking gorgeous, as, as I would only imagine you would, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, before we begin, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of background if they don't know it to your business. So Gronya, uh, many of you will know, made her first TV appearance when she was a former semi-finalist on the hit BBC show The Apprentice. That was back in 2016. And since then, the beauty guru has started her own line of beauty products and has just recently opened up her own beauty superstore, Give Us Beauty, right here in the heart of Newry City. Gronya also shares her highs and lows of daily life through her social media channels, which have racked up a following of nearly 70,000 followers on Instagram alone. It's exhausting looking at it. I was <laughs> checking in with your Instagram. She never stops, but we are delighted to have her with us today. So, Gronya, how are you? How's life? I'm, I'm really, really good. You can see with a smile on my face. Um, things, are, things are busy. Things are well. So tell us um, a little bit about yourself. Obviously, I gave a little bit of an intro there. Mm -hmm. Many of you uh, listening will remember Gronya on The Apprentice. But I mean, you are like a breath of fresh air. You come in here and I'm just going, oh, look at her outfit and her. Everything's just perfect. But I'm sure oh, I'm sure it's not all perfect. Go on, help me out here. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. I think um, I think a little layer of tan brightens up anybody's day, isn't it? So, um. No, it's not all perfect. You know, we have our highs and our lows, but um, at the minute, things are going well. Mm -hmm. um, as you did mention, I opened a new store and over the last 12 months, it's been challenging for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I am on an absolute high now because my store is open officially. I've got all the beauty treatments happening, the hair, the hair sections opening, the retail, the makeup. So there's a massive buzz about my little shop now, as we said, in the middle of Newry. Well, the little shop on Monaghan Street that everybody here in Granite Exchange is talking about, I mm -hmm. have yet to visit, but give us beauty. Tell us all about it. What's the idea? Okay, so during lockdown, obviously we all we all hit a low um, and last March, oh, everyone's business stopped. Mine was, I'd done a lot of teaching, so I'd done a lot of workshops throughout the UK and Ireland um, with my makeup. So um, I'd done a lot of ones for 16 to 24 year olds with different organisations and Obviously, everything was put to a, to a stop. Mm. So for the first couple of weeks during lockdown, I, like everybody, I think I joined TikTok and thought I was hilarious for a while. <laughs> and you? yeah, I locked myself and gained a lot of weight in four weeks because I ate a lot. Yeah, and I, that. I knew that I could see that this wasn't going to change anytime quick. Um, and I think we all realised that. And I, me being me, I, I, I needed to keep myself and my, my brain active. So thought what could I do so I started um actually an online store so I would have done a lot of online content with different brands anyway but I started an online store and I put a couple of products on and I could see this happening and and evolving very quickly and the support that I got through my following and especially local people as well across Northern Ireland it 
it it got it just went from zero to a hundred very very quickly Did and it? in the space of three months um I actually had the keys to a new shop so in three months that happened yes. so do you think that the pandemic actually allowed for that yes and I think it was um yes it was a risk uh, not not so much a risk but I it was a it was a it was a challenge of trying something different mm-hmm. um I was very lucky to have my mother's support because she built the website for me so did she yes so she she built Is the she website a web designer? yes oh, but she's a woman of many trades right M- brilliant woman um so she done the website and we we started with a couple of products and a couple of brands and then it turned in from 10 to 100 to a couple of hundred to the support that i got across northern ireland honestly sir was just overwhelming that's fantastic so many people were coming to me instead of buying online with Superdrug or buying online with bigger chains and supporting me and my and my new my new business well that's it because it's not that they're your products they're other manufacturers products yes. but you've got them all in the one place yeah so and why do you think they choose you I have no idea but I get real I get real overwhelmed by it like I, I'm I'm I thank everybody nearly every day of because without the following and without my customers I personally wouldn't be standing in that shop today mm. um I but I decided that I would put all my money that I had all my little savings everything and I decided to take the keys of a shop in June last year in the middle of a pandemic now as you do as 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 the normal person does <laughs> now I had a lot of people saying don't do it mm. you're taking a massive risk what if it fails what if you lose? And I did. I put everything into it um, to the point where I actually moved in with my sister because I, I put all my money into this business. Really? So you yeah. What, I, did I you took s- a big risk. You did, couldn't even afford to live. I, I put everything into it, yeah. Oh my goodness. So I moved in with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally, and I've always taken this through my whole life, um, was I never listened to other people's opinions mm-hmm. to make them stop whatever I want to do in, in my career. Because I think... Whenever somebody wants to start a business or they feel that they want to do something that's completely different that they're not used to doing, so many people can can put a barrier of that. Right. And the fear of, of failure then comes in. Yeah. But I'm not. I, I, I love a risk. I love a challenge. I love to put something forward and think, right, okay, well, what if it, what if it does work? Right. That's, that's my Spinning thing. Spinning it and yes. seeing it in a different way. I Where do you think that comes from? My mother. Right. Oh, my mother's definitely she's she's brought us up with a with a business head. All of us. So how many? All of us. All how of many's us. in There's the family? There's five of us. Five. Yes. And she it, she's always been a businesswoman. Yeah. Tell me about your mum. So, we we were brought up in a scrapyard. So our from I was about nine years of age. Our our job was on a Saturday morning. We were up and we were down and we were in the office. Wow. Yeah. And what and were you doing in the it. scrapyard? Personally, I was putting. Um, <laughs> Putting car parts onto a computer system and putting them onto the onto the racks in the in the warehouse. Are you serious? Yeah, loved it from no age. We loved it. Yeah, all of us. So, and do you think people? I mean, obviously, people in this area will know that scrapyard, will they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I would never have said that about you. I'm just meeting you for the first time today. mm -hmm. I've seen your presence on Instagram, and I wouldn't have said I know where she started out a scrapyard. I am a proper little tomboy. Yeah, one of my dream jobs would have been one to be a rally car driver. Oh wow! Yeah. So you like <laughs> risk, you like a bit of danger, I love you it. love the thrill of it. I feel that we're, and I know this, a lot of people say we're only here for one life. We are, and I feel that 
if you don't try something you'll not know and if you fail and I've had so many different areas in my life and my career where I haven't succeeded in in it but failure's experience I feel and I feel it adds fuel to my fire to right okay that didn't work but what if I do it this way then because I don't claim to know everything mm-hmm. even whenever I have the store open even now um I don't claim to know everything in the store I know that I can get people in the right areas and it'll be able to grow in the way it should grow but I don't walk into my shop and think that I know every area of it I personally probably don't have a clue what I'm really doing <laughs> in certain sections of it but I know I'm learning and I know I'm getting the right people in the right places and Lord Sugar taught me that Right. Yes. That brings us nicely to yes. The Apprentice. Okay, yes. so tell us how that happened back in 2016 now. Um, probably feels like a lifetime ago yes. to you, but how did that all come about? I actually seen a hairdresser on it the year before. Um, it's a show that we've always watched in the house, especially my mother again. Um, and I seen a hairdresser and I said, I'm going to apply for that. And again, my whole family, no Grania. No, <laughs> come on, please don't do that. It's a tough show. You'll get you'll get eaten alive on that. And I went, no. If the hairdresser can do it, a makeup artist can do it. So I remember um, 2015 on Boxing Day, I downloaded the application and I sat on my bed and I started typing away. And I was typing and it took me three days to fill out the application. And I sent it across. And I never thought that... I never thought really that, that I would get a reply. And I did. What sort of things did you have to say in the application form? They what were they looking for? Um, probably normality, like the real life, the real person. Um, obviously, becoming a mother at fifteen mm. was um, a good. Uh, I think. I think was the story behind. The story, and and where I've came from there. Um, but I guess that it, it is a TV show, and they want a story. Um, and me having Ryan and getting to where I had got to, even before the Apprentice through my career, um, I think was a good stepping stone. Um, but I loved it. Did you? Yeah. So no. w- tell us the moment that you got the email or the phone call or how did it happen? I got the um, I got the first interview and I'd all, I'd all, I'd already got um, a workshop booked in. So I had a workshop with women and I couldn't I couldn't go to the first interview. So I had to text them. I had to email them and say, I'm really sorry, but I can't make that date. You were playing hard to get. Yeah. They liked it even I more. Was, Please, can I have another date? So this they sent me the second date. And I remember getting the flight over um, to Manchester and walking into a hotel. And I, I went up to this hotel, Sarah, with a little bag from Primark, a little Primark suit. I was a single mom. I had no money. Um, and I remember walking in and walking into the foyer and it filled with people and the panic hit and the anxiety hit and I walked out oh. and I remember standing in Manchester Street crying going oh god no, I can't do this I can't do this you were on your own I was on my own didn't know what I was doing but I found found the strength inside and walked in and um so you're a number so you're putting into a, a room with a couple of hundred people and your your number's called out a couple out. of hundred people are there yes Wow. Yeah. I oh, there's no hundreds. Idea. There's, I think, maybe 300,000 to play. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Right. So you're taken in and you're, um, you're, you're a number and you have to go and explain why, why you should be part of this show. And you go through a grilling process throughout that day. And who's there doing that? That's the producers? The production, yeah. Okay. So the production's there. Um, and they don't hit up on your business plan or anything at that stage. But then you go for your second interview. And then I got through to the second and I went, oh, this is interesting. This 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 might be happening. Um, and then got past the second, and then the third came, 
and I went I think I'm getting on this show oh my word and again my parents are like <laughs> and my family are like don't be getting your hopes up and I'm like oh. I'm I'm I am going to get I'm, my hopes up. I'm getting on this show. I really have a feeling now Sometimes that I... Sometimes you just know, don't yeah. you? Visualise um, it. And then the, the phone call came and they said, we'd love you to be part of the, the 18 candidates for Lord Sugar's UK Apprentice. And I went, 18? <gasps> out of all those people. Out of all those oh people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it was... What do you think that did for your confidence? I'll be honest, I was absolutely terrified. Okay. For the first um, three episodes, I didn't speak. My my biggest fear um, going on that show was actually holding a conversation in front of people. It wasn't my strongest point, believe it or not. I couldn't. And why do you think that was? Um, I'm not sure. I think everybody through all stages of their life, the, the thought of standing up in a room, even if it's in work or even if it's in within a group of five people, the fear, the sweaty palms, I the anxiety yes. kicks in, the fear of what if, I, what if words to come out that don't make sense. Um, what about the, and I've heard this said before because I work in the area of presentation skills, mm -hmm. and sometimes people from Northern Ireland have the old imposter syndrome with the accent whenever they're mixing elsewhere. Was that a, ever a factor? Um, not so much. Good. I'm I, glad to hear it yeah. because I know some people think, oh, nobody understands what I'm saying. Yeah. They think I'm funny. And yeah. actually, I'm always saying, no, they love your accent. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Um, they couldn't pronounce my name, mind you. Okay. So yeah, what so did I, you get? I got Granny. Granny. <laughs> and um, Lord Sherker called me Granny a couple of times. Okay. Or Granny or, or something. It was, yeah, the name thing. But I just kept telling Granny people McCoy. Granny McCoy. Just yeah. Far from a Granny. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 2200. Wow, so did they have to, did they, I was wondering in the whole interview process, producers are always looking what makes good TV. Yes. That's, they look for that. Yeah. Were you filmed during the process? We were. Mm. So the last, so when they put the snippet out of you um, telling you telling the audience of oh, what 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 brings you here and you know what's your what's your traits of life and how amazing you are, you have to stand to do that on your first process of interviews, <gasps> and then they put it out to everybody. Now at this stage, you'd gone through probably about six hours of interviews. And then they threw you in front of a camera on your first day of the interview process and made you talk. And they would say, right, so why are you so good at business? And you would say, oh, well, I'm so good at business because I was born this way. Or s do, you know that, do you know that part of the, the, the start of The yes. Apprentice? Yeah. That's actually recorded on your first day. Oh, my goodness. And you didn't know that was going to be no. used? No. There you go. Little insights. Yes, little now. insights. I thought you would have had been prepped for that. No. So whenever they put that out, you'd done six hours interviews, you were exhausted, you had no makeup on, you had no touch up, no nothing, and it... Is that what you said? I was born this way? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> You're in songs in my head now. <laughs> well, I love that. And, you know, where, was it a case of you were being a bit of the swan there, where you were gliding in and saying all the things that you felt you should be saying, but... Uh, 
underneath your the legs it are was, going. The legs were going. So I was standing at one stage, and you had to stand up um, in front of in a row of people, and your number was called, and they would say, "Why? Why do you think you're good for this process?" And I had to stand forward. I'll never forget my legs underneath my dress going. They were they were banging <laughs> each other like the fear was inside me was coming out. I don't know. I thought I I'm not going to get onto this now after that, but. Yeah. I, whenever I'm taking some of my presentation skills courses, somebody once said to me, but can you hear my heart? Can you hear my heart pounding? And I said, no, I promise you, you can't. You can't hear your heart it's pounding. Such an, it's such a massive thing to mm. overcome. And when I think back now to five years ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the confidence to sit across from you and do this. Oh, my. I wouldn't have had the ability for the words to come out. And there's so many people that are in the same position that probably will listen to this and go, I know exactly how you feel. I have to do a, I have to do a talk mm -hmm. in, in work and how do you overcome the fear? And the fear is the biggest thing. But as I said to everybody that after I got off the show, um, I became an, um, an ambassador for an apprenticeship company throughout the whole of the UK. And my thing was I had to talk. Mm -hmm. And my first talking gig was 600 people. So no way. But it was paid well, sir, so I had to do it. And I hadn't really worked in a year with the show, so yes. um, I got up on the stage. And I think overcoming the first initial fear of anything, whether yes. it's speaking, whether it's starting a business, whether it's asking somebody out on a date, anything of life is overcoming that first initial fear and the practice then after it. It's what they call threshold anxiety. So the fight or the flight yes. response or the freeze response is kicking in. Yes. And... It's physical, isn't it? it? It's actually controlling the palpitations. I've been there myself and the, the sweaty palms, the dry mouth. What I say to myself is that this feels exactly the same as being excited, these nerves. So I'm actually really excited, not really terrified. I, that. I have to reframe in my head because I've been there and I've stood mm -hmm. on the stage and people say, but you do this all the time, Sarah. And I think every time it gets me. And some days it gets me more than others, I depending on how prepared I am or... If I feel like the imposter yeah. and I'm not really 100% mm -hmm. sure of the, the, the audience. But I think you're correct in what you're saying. I always say the turn that fear into excitement yes. and enjoy it and breathe. Breathing's good. And then I, I'm, and then when I get nervous, I think I'm a stand-up comedian with it as well. So I throw in a little joke just to sort of break the ice. So that's yeah. what I've learned. And I, that works. But you've got that. I can tell as soon as you walked in here, you're a really bubbly people person yeah uh, and people must see that in you and there's no ego and there's no prima donna and everybody can no <laughs> there's no filter maybe too and when you're nervous or you're apprehensive yes the stand-up comedian can come out and i'm sure it can yes. get you into trouble too sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yeah but sure it's all refreshing and mm -hmm. you're so honest and i think that's definitely the way uh, probably how i got so far in the apprentice as well is because there wasn't any there was no fake persona uh, towards me. Um, I know I worked very hard in the on the show. I enjoyed it. I'd never had that experience. So I never had the university experience, for instance, like a lot of the candidates had. They had all been well-educated. And I didn't have that. I was a single mom. I was a mother at 15. Um, and, and I want to talk to you about that in a minute, but I'm I'm holding my tongue. Yeah, I so taking it forward um, through The Apprentice, my, my thing was just to be myself. And I enjoyed it. And I think through everything in life, and especially even the likes of The Apprentice, the fear thing comes in, but I wanted to enjoy that experience. And I and I take that forward with me now. So even whenever I'm having a stressful day in work, I sit back and I think and I look and I go, right, okay, Grania, stop stressing. Look where you're sitting. 
enjoy this journey. If you're having a bad day, just override the bad day and then enjoy the next. Mm -hmm. But that's so important that you've raised the whole issue of the imposter syndrome or the comparing to other people because you can't. There's nothing you can do unless Mm -hmm. you're going to go back to university and do the degree. What's the point in keep saying, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. You are who you are. And I bet you Lord Sugar loved that about you. I think, yeah, we got on very well. I remember a couple of times in the boardroom, he would say, right, I'm going to speak the only person in here that talks any sense. (laughs) And he would say, Grania, what happened? And I would say, he was terrible. Oh, (laughs) he was terrible. You weren't little teacher's pet. Oh, I was everything. I was just, I was just, but he was. Some of them were. Were they? Um, Were they? Oh, because I must admit, when I do watch sometimes and I think, honestly, they'd sell their grannies. It's very um, intimidating. I think a lot of them were, um, and especially for the first couple of episodes, because I was I was so much in my shell of being, t- being not intimidated by them, but just in the fear of, oh my God, what am I going to do here? Or how am I going to come across on this? That you nearly take a step back, but it's it's overcoming it. Some of the candidates are so ambitious, though, that it seems so ruthless and competitive. And I know that's the whole point. Competition is great TV as well. But surely there was the sense of that we're all in this together as well. How do you get that balance right? Or do you just have to go, I'm out for myself? I want to win. I don't think there's a balance on that show. No. And everything that you see is, is, is real. Because if you think about it, they've got maybe 150 hours worth of footage on four different, two different teams, uh, two different, um, four different cameras. They're getting every angle. There's no... What do you mean 150 hours? So if you do, if you do do one One episode, episode. there's three, that's, you're doing about 12 hours. It's just crazy hours that they they put you through, yeah, for for the one episode. Wow. I had no idea, honestly. And... You're not in Canary Wharf at all, are you? Yeah, uh, no. You do, that, that amazing shot in the opening titles, you're not in there? No, that's actually done, um, that is done on the, the that's done mid midway through the show. And what, what about wh- when you do the, the, the suitcase coming that's out that you in the taxi? You're, you, that happens a week before you even go near the show. Oh, so that's no. all pre-done. That's why they Your make, exit. Yeah, that's why they make you wear the coat up and the scarf so you can't see what's underneath. So your outfit isn't the same. Are you listening to this, everyone? Or maybe maybe I'm just last to the party as usual. Yeah. So I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You you hadn't even been in and you were exiting. And I, was, I was gone. All for telly. Gone. Yes. In the taxi. Do you not speak at the end or something? Do you not we do in the taxi and that actually happens when you are, oh. um, when you're fired. Oh. But you have to wear the same scope. You have to wear the same scarf. Yeah, it has to be all matching. So it's okay. It's edited well. There's so much. All TV. So you got on well with Lord Sugar because you were authentic. Um, could you see how it could be a very damaging process for someone's mental health? The whole reality TV thing. Um, most definitely. And I think even after the process, um, you have you have so many. You're putting your you're putting your life and your family and everything out into the into the whole media world as well um mm. and i know i got i got a lot of trolling during the show for being a teenage mom did you so i got uh, yeah i got a lot very of tro- nasty very nasty um they were adding my son then on snapchat and giving him abuse and oh, for goodness um sake. on instagram and he had to he had to put everything private and uh, how old was he at the time uh that was five years ago so he would have been 12 ish oh. so talk to me about ryan oh you were a mum at 15 yes wow yeah. Can you go back to that time and 
can you remember when you realised? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be a mum. Yes. Um, I didn't tell anyone until I was six and a half months. I kept it a secret from everybody. Yeah. So it was just me and him for the six and a half months. Mm. But I was starting to get... Starting to get tied. A bit of a bit of a bump there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told my parents, and obviously it was a big shock to everybody. But I had to... I had to then tell them, you know, he's he's going to be here soon. So, had you been for any medical no, checkups or nothing? Anything? I had done nothing. So you didn't know if you were having a boy or a girl. Mm. It was baby was I coming. Didn't had had no scans, no doctor appointments. And I you were still at school. I was still at school. Yeah. So what stage were you doing? Um, GCSEs. So I couldn't sit my GCSEs because I told everybody when I was six and a half months. So I was just about to do them, um, and I couldn't sit them. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't happening back then. So how difficult was it? Um, the school process, I, I guess, again, it's, it's the talking, the talking of people in the school, the, the, the gossiping, the writing of the names and the toilet doors and etc. Um, but again, I knew myself that I was going to be a mom and I knew that that was my decision, my choice, and I was going to be the best mom I could be. So... I had Ryan on the 2nd of August and to prove everybody wrong because I'm very, very stubborn. I went back to school on the 4th of September oh. and I repeated fifth year with people younger than me. Did you? With my son in the crash across the road and I used to take him in proud as punch oh. in his carry cot in my lunch and I was called everything but I... And it's a, it's it's something I, I spoke about earlier is I don't and won't allow anybody else's opinion to stop me further in myself or my career, or m- anything to do with my child. So I've taken it from from that. I got very thick-skinned um, when I was 15, 16, becoming a mom, that I don't think anything could, nothing could annoy me. If I can get overcome, if I can overcome that, everything else is just a breeze. I think so. I think even becoming a mom at 15, after that, everything else must be a breeze. But you loved becoming a mom. Oh, I loved him. Best I loved job in the yeah. world. Oh, he's my best friend. We are so close. He is um, again. He wasn't. He he didn't really enjoy school. Very very like in the top class. Didn't enjoy school. Just wanted to work. Wow. That's all he wanted to do. He started a little job in La Dolce Vita when he was fourteen. He's still there. He's now management. He's trainee. He's, he's trainee chef over there. He's um, a DJ. He produces his own music at home. He never asks for a penny. He works for everything he does. He's now doing a real estate um, online course. He's just... Sounds fantastic. He's brilliant. And he's a lovely human. Yeah. He's got a massive heart and a massive soul. And he's a pleasure to be around. And I'm very, very lucky. Um, even me and his dad, we've never had an argument. We're just two laid back people. We just... It's just... You know, we said, even though we were young, that we're not going to use our child as a as a barrier or a, as a weapon to get back at each other. We were young. We and had a child. together? No. No, but no, you're no. good friends, or you good friends well. I walk into his house whenever I want. I'm yeah. very, very, very lucky. His parents are amazing. They helped me through even bringing Ryan up, from me continuing my career. Um, so I'm very lucky. When you look, there's so much. What well, seems to be so much at the minute um, around, you know, Ireland and North and South, and having babies young, and there's an awful lot of programs around long lost family, etc., where yeah. it, you know so many women had to give up their babies. Yes, and there was such a culture of shame, which damaged so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, do 
you did you ever feel that shame that they talk about? No, not once. There was no, and I think. Even when people say, how did you become a mom so young? Obviously, it wasn't planned. And no. Ryan laughs about that now. But um, you, when you become a mother, there's nothing else. There's, there's, no, there's no price tag. Or there's, no, there's no explanation for the love you feel for this human. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's no way you could ever feel any shame. It doesn't matter what age. or what, Love is love and there's no age on it. So and Ryan has brought such joy to both families. He's, yeah, and he's, he's, and, he's a, and he's a lovely person. He was meant to be. Yeah, he's, he's, he definitely What does he was. think about his mum's success? Oh, he loves it. Does he? He loves it because he's very driven. He is, he finds it, he, he's lucky to have... Because I wouldn't have sat back and said, right, Ryan, and you need to get this type of job. You need to do a nine to five. I'm like, no. So in third year, he was he was struggling with, with school. And I said, Ryan, don't worry about your GCSEs, please. Just get your maths and your English for me. And I told all his teachers. Now, a lot of parents didn't agree with the way I educated or the way I, the way I stood by him. But I told his teachers I just wanted him to get his maths and his English. Mm-hmm. And in third That's and fourth. That's what he needs. Yeah. Third, fourth and fifth year, he came out with two A's in his maths and English. And he has worked and he's educated himself in areas that I knew he wanted to excel in, which was music and his cooking. And he's done exactly what he said he wanted to do when he was in third year. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's realising there's not there's not one path in life and everybody's different and everybody needs to be allowed to be who they are. And he obviously gets that from you and maybe from his granny as well. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about there. There's so much here. <laughs> Honestly, Grania, I don't know where to go next, but I, I think I'd like to, to look at the, the social media. So obviously, you know, people are really interested in what you do. You, I suppose, could have the, the label influencer as well mm-hmm. because your Instagram, you're, you're, you seem to be so busy. You're at everything. You're posting all the time. It looks so exciting. And do people think it's all the glitz and glam all the time? No, definitely not, because I speak openly about it. When I want to have a few days off or if I want to have a good cry, mm-hmm. if I want to come off social media because I feel I am only human. Um, and when you're starting a business, when you've got your own life, when you've got, um, when you're posting every day, it can get on top of you. Yeah. It can get really, like I've had a, a challenging week this week. I've I sat a couple of days and cried and mm-hmm. that's all right. And I try to explain that to a lot of people. What you see in social media is, is is the majority of the time is not real so i think it's very important for people with a with a following doesn't matter how small or how big or anything that they put it across that they need to show the real elements of life as well and when you're having a down day that's okay and to enjoy the down days as well because when you have your down days you definitely will come back up a couple of days later with more strength more energy and you'll feel more alive more alive in yourself to then overcome everything else that's in front of you sometimes you just need a good cry don't you, oh, you feel I great after a good cry <laughs> i and i promote it all this not yeah. better than a good cry yeah i know i know it is <laughs> it's just that you need to mend and re- yeah. regroup and so in being in Northern Ireland, do you think Northern Ireland's a good place to start a business and be an entrepreneur? Or does it matter where you are anymore? Oh, definitely. I would not be in my little shop, in my shop or my business or have the growth of this business so quickly without the support of everybody in this country. A hundred percent. My customers are my best friends. Um, um, to be opening, why was it important for you to have the bricks and mortar when we're hearing, you know, how the high street's struggling at the minute? Why did you need that? Why couldn't you just do it online? Um, it was my business plan for The Apprentice. 
Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Again, I had to do it. You had to do it. You said you were Stubborn. going to do it. Yes. Right. Um, I, I wanted to create this showroom for products. I could have an online store, but I wanted to create a showroom for products for video content for a little bit of something different for my online um, stories while we're in lockdown. And it gave me something to do. Yeah. And I know it was a massive risk and people are like, I'll give you something to do. You put all your money into this one shop on a risk. But I, I always go with my gut and I had, and my gut was telling me this is the correct thing to do. Do it. Open something that you five years ago wrote in a piece of paper and presented to Lord Sugar and they told me you couldn't do. Open it, Grania, and do it. And if it fails, it's an experience. If it doesn't, you're going to continue on and grow it. Does Lord Sugar know that you've opened it? Yes. What and did he and say? Claude and the whole lot. I tagged yeah. them all on Instagram and, and Twitter. And you've achieved what you said you were going to yes. do. What's next then? Where do you see Give Us Beauty going in five to ten years time? Oh, I definitely want um, some more stores. But again, as I said, I don't claim to know everything. I'm learning myself. Um, I'm learning about retail and re- learning about opening a business and having all the structures and procedures in place. I don't want to run before I can crawl. Um, but the potential growth of more stores across Northern Ireland and maybe who else don't know else don't know where else but um, the world is your oyster really yes definitely where did the name Give Us Beauty come from I believe I have to ask this question Um, so my mother's called Shivs we call her Shivs is our nickname and then we put the G in front of so it's Give Us so it was Shivas Give Us so it sort of came out of nowhere but we put it together and then we got Give Us um, and then we put beauty on the end. Give us beauty. Yeah. And is it true that you get uh, lots of men contacting you saying, I'd like to get a gift from my wife, and you can tell by looking at a photograph of the wife exactly what they need? Most definitely. So I have been a makeup artist, and from I was 16, it's all I've really ever done is makeup and, and beauty. So last year we started these personalised gift boxes, um, and a lot of gift boxes come with stuff that you mightn't use. Mm. But we done it something different. Um, and I spent I spent last month, last year, three or four months doing these gift boxes for everybody. But the person would send a photo in of the who the gift was for, and just by looking at a photo, I could do their skin tone, their bronzers, the blushers, everything. Create this whole massive gift box just by looking at one photo, and they become the best husband in the world. Oh yes! Well, isn't that amazing? Uh, th- the pressure to look good, Gronya. I don't like asking this because you know. It's, uh, you know, especially because you're a woman and I feel like it all comes down to looks. But obviously you work in an industry and it is about looks and Mm -hmm. it's important for people to feel that they look their best. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel under pressure to look your best all the time? Definitely not. I am I'm a tracksuit type of girl. So you'll either see me in a tracksuit or um, run around with my hair tied up. I don't feel yes when I'm in work. I like to be presentable because it is my brand and I'm representing my brand. But I like to put it across to people as well who come in to make sure that they're feeling good. And any woman that sits in my seat, um, and I'm going off I'm going off topic here a little bit. But any woman that comes into my shop gets sat down, and it's very important that I let them understand about how they're feeling and making them feel good is my main it's it's the core value of my business is making sure that everybody that leaves my shop is feeling good and knowing that they're perfect in their own skin and I'm just helping touch up little areas yes Yes, okay it It has been an absolute joy talking to you today Gronya, and I wish you every success for the future of your business and wherever you end up you are an incredible role model 
and a great ambassador for Northern Ireland and indeed for Newry. But I always end the podcast with a final question around the purpose of the podcast, which is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business. So it's all about the growth Mm. by offering insight into the success of companies such as yours. What advice would you give to people who may have that business idea, but they have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether or not the risk is worth taking? Oh, I love that question because I believe, and I say it to a lot of people, your dreams are yours and nobody else can take them off you. And it's only you that can bring them forward. So, and again, it's the initial fear of what other people will think. Oh, so for instance, if it was a woman who, say a woman worked in a bank, but she had a real passion for cooking and she wasn't enjoying her job in the bank and she wanted to start this bakery company or, you know, Little Bites company, but was afraid of what her family would say or what her sister, because it's, it's a completely different path. If she would overcome that, the joy that she would feel in something that she's actually happier in would be completely life-changing. And I feel it's a massive thing for us to stop worrying about what other people will think and then just do it. And the rewards is just... Is, is next level for you as a person yeah. but definitely the fear don't be don't be stopping yourself doing something and not um, for just not overcoming the fear and the risk last question even though I've just asked you a last question <laughs> Second you up. recently gave a TED talk TEDx and Derry this yes. is becoming something that I'm hearing more and more on people's bucket lists mm-hmm. how was that experience for you absolutely loved it loved it and my main point was um, of overcoming the fear of what other people think there you go Definitely. It's it's and as I said, it's I I've brought that from I was a young mom at fifteen and brought it through. Haters gonna hate and that's it. Move on. That yeah, is it. Taylor Swift said. <laughs> thank you so much, Gronya. It's been a pleasure talking you. to you today. And thanks for listening at home or wherever you are today. And I'll see you next time. Thank you. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.